Welcome to another episode of the Stoic Creative Broadcast, where the art of living and the creative process converge. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of the Stoic Creative Handbook, available now on Amazon. Visit thestoiccreative.com to download the free chapters and get guided and get going right away. Let's meet today's guest. All right, once again, thank you, everybody. Welcome to the Stoic Creative Facebook page. My name is Scott Perry. I am the author of the Stoic Creative Handbook, and you can learn more about that and about me at thestoiccreative.com. Very pleased to be here with my three guests to talk about stoicism, to talk about creativity, and talk about its long history with addiction and how we can better deal with our bad habits to deliver better art. I'm going to let my guests each introduce themselves, and I would really love for each of you to uh, introduce who you are, what you do, and uh, also let our guests and attendees and those watching know where they can connect with you online. Walter, I'm going to start with you. Hi, I'm Walter Matwischuk. I'm a clinical psychologist who practices psychotherapy at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, and I also teach cognitive behavioral therapy at New York University in Greenwich Village. And connect with me at R-E-B-T, doctor, the word doctor spelled out, dot com. That's my website. Fantastic. JC. Oh, my name is JC, of course. I'm currently working in the financial industry and relevant projects that I'm working on. I helped Jimmy there run uh, Stoic Recovery from Addiction. Uh, also just started, um, well, the dailystoic.com just asked me to write a few guest posts for them. And I'm also on a blog called Excellence is a Habit. And where can folks connect with you, JC? Um, on Facebook, on the blog, Excellence is a Habit at .wordpress.com. Fantastic. And JC, while we're, Jimmy's introducing himself, if you have a way to throw a little bit more light on yourself, oh, yeah. that would be fantastic. And Jimmy, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us what you do and where people can find you. Uh, hi. Um, yeah, I'm Jimmy Daltrey. Um, I work in travel. Uh, long story. Um, I've been interested in stoicism for about a year now. Um, I'm a former drinker. Uh, set up the Stoic Recovery page in May last year. Uh, JC joined me as an admin a few months ago, and uh, the group's growing steadily, uh, about 150 members, and um, picking up some traction. It's a great group. I actually met JC and Jimmy when I was invited to do a podcast on uh, addiction, and I was invited to speak a little about uh, stoicism and uh, it was really, um, I was, even though I've been kind of surrounded by alcoholism since I was a child, I really had no idea uh, about how, you know, how, how it works uh, on the alcoholic end or on the addicts. And so uh, I think it was you, Jimmy, that introduced me to the group. And I promptly went on there and acted asked a bunch of really dumb, inappropriate questions to which you were all very, very <laughs> generous and kind in your answers. So I, I guess let's start with um, exactly what is addiction? You want to start us off, Walter? I see addiction as essentially a maladaptive habit. Um, I tend not to emphasize the disease properties of it, which may be a bit controversial, but in any event, um, 
it's a, an experience whereby you take a pleasurable experience and you train yourself, you addict yourself to a pleasurable experience, which then becomes uh, problematic over the long run. So I'll keep my answer short to share the floor, but in a nutshell, I see it as um, a very strong pernicious habit that is self-perpetuated, self-created, although some people may have some biological predisposition, meaning they're more at risk for this type of self-defeating, uh, appetitive, appetitive behavior. Excellent. And before I ask uh, JC and, and Jimmy to weigh in, I want to let folks that are watching the live broadcast know that I just shared a Zoom link in the chat. If you want to participate live in the Q&A portion of our discussion, or if you'd like to ask your question uh, just in the comments, you can click on that link that brings you in this Zoom webinar room. If you want to be seen and heard asking your question, you click the icon that says raise your hand and I'll bring you into the uh, live Zoom here. But if you would prefer to just ask your question uh, by text, you can do that in the comments and you can do that again within the Zoom webinar room, which you can access by just simply clicking that link that I just shared in the comments. So JC, would you like to go next on what is addiction? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, the way I understand it is uh, it's the inability to stop using despite numerous attempts. Uh, there's usually a progression to it. Uh, you start usually recreationally, and then it goes on to self-medicating, um, then probably to abuse, and then full-fledged addiction. I uh, usually lose control, grow a tolerance to it. Uh, when you don't have it, you have withdrawal, and that's how I understand it. Excellent. Uh, Jimmy, give us your thoughts, yeah. please. Uh, yeah, I mean, from a from an end user's point of view, as it were, um, there's a lot of neurobiology going on, uh, which Walter referred to. But from my point of view, it's um, it's a loss of control, uh, an involuntary abdication, abdication of will, um, a misdirection of your life's purpose, um, of your autonomy, and of your place in society. What it does is it places drug seeking above any other priority you have in your life. It leads to a distortion of the values that you hold, um, which are founded on false beliefs that will basically take you to down the road of self-destruction. Excellent. So thank you all for those answers. And so, Jimmy, your answer actually brings into the discussion, what does, what, what does stoicism offer to somebody that is struggling with, with this challenge? Um, and I know that Walter... Um, as an REBT specialist and a CBT um, advocate and, and practitioner as well, um, REBT in particular has some really strong roots in Stoic philosophies, particularly Epictetus. Why don't, why don't, we, why don't you start by giving maybe a, a one or two sentence uh, elevator pitch or thumbnail description of what Stoicism is and maybe share your thoughts on how it helps with this challenge? Um, well, in brief, I see stoicism is a, it's an examination of your life. Um, it's, it's examining your thoughts, it's examining your emotions and how they relate kind of to the outside world, to yourself and the outside world. It's like a, a rational filter that you, that you pass everything through, you sieve everything through. Um, and each thought you have, each emotion you have, you kind of judge it. Is this the right thing to do? Is this an appropriate thing to do? 
is this a helpful thing to do? Um, does it advance my interest? Does it advance the interests of my people around me? So it kind of like takes away the selfishness, uh, the, the self-serving aspect of, um, of addiction. Um, and leading into Walter on REBT, I came across this quote by um, Cicero, which leads straight in, negative emotions are all in our power, all experienced through judgment and all voluntary. So it's taking control of your emotions and your thoughts. I think you shared that in the uh, Stoic Recovery group earlier today, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, that's a yeah, yeah. great quote. Yeah. Cicero, or as my Latin professor used to call him, Cicero, is one of my new uh, is, is one of my new heroes. So, Walter, give us the the your thumbnail description of Stoicism, and maybe a quick um, just a quick connection to REBT, and then how what what you feel um, it offers to those that are struggling with the challenges of addictive behavior. I, yeah, Stoicism to me is a path to personal liberation and virtuous living through the pursuit of uh, wisdom. <clears throat> and it's a, it's a path towards self-control and it emphasizes personal responsibility for that which is with, well within your domain of, it, of control. And I think um, it, over REBT really is a derivative of Stoicism largely overlaps with it and REBT um, emphasizes personal responsibility and the construction of adaptive behavior, adaptive emotional responding in the face of adversity. So addiction certainly is not a, an, addic an adaptive response when we encounter adversity. Excellent. Um, JC, your, your thoughts on stoicism and what it has to offer. Um, the basic is, is that virtue or human excellence is the highest good. Uh, now, the way it really relates to addiction is addiction usually causes feelings of anxiety and depression and guilt. Now, stoicism teaches us to transform our emotions in order to achieve an inner calm. Um, basically understanding negative emotions and positive emotions and with practice overcoming and possibly conquering those negative emotions while allowing the positive ones to flourish. Excellent. So what I'm hearing from each of you in a, in a way is that stoicism is all about a, um, cultivating a sense of well-being in our lives and that well-being um, is is attached to our virtue, our excellence of character, and that uh, it seems that, that Stoicism also ties in that cultivating that excellence of character requires us to be a good actor as, in society and also to be working to cultivate our, our capacity for reason, bringing that into our, our work and in our relationships and so uh, the addiction obviously has lots of uh, elements to it that are very antisocial um, and that certainly are, serve as obstacles to the pursuit of our potential, of our excellence. And I'm wondering, you, you're welcome to respond to, to what I just said, but I, I would love to hear from each of you just maybe a personal anecdote about, you know, where you're, you're in your journey, this uh, addiction 
and Stoicism converged and, and how Stoicism helped um, either liberate you from um, the challenge of addiction or helped you serve those that, that, um, that might be in, uh, in a struggle like that. And I'm going to start with you again, Jimmy. Um, well, in terms of a personal anecdote, um, it's a little bit of a blur. I've drunk for 25 years. Um, <laughs> Um, but it was, uh, it's the kind of like the mental control, uh, the discipline that, um, I appreciate. Um, I used to be walking into town and I'd, you know, think, shall I have a drink? And the decision would be made. I'd have a drink. If I had the thought, shall I have a drink? I would be having a drink. Um, stoicism kind of teaches you to catch that initial thought, to hold it, become like a proto thought and, um, and question it, to challenge it. Um, and just to give yourself a gap to think about rationally what you're doing and what the consequences are of what you're doing. And that is the, the thinking aspect of it, um, the moving away from the instinctive reactions to things is where stoicism helps. Yeah, that's uh, one of my favorite quotes is Viktor Frankl's, Frankl's mm -hmm. quote on uh, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And then mm -hmm. it goes on to say within that space is the opportunity to achieve freedom. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember the exact wording of the rest of it, but that's, uh, I, I, I love that. Thank you. Walter, your thoughts. Stoicism really helps me be my best with people who are facing, um, very difficult problems and addiction is one of them. So that one of the things that I don't do, I see, I can see up to nine people a day and I don't burn out because I don't disturb myself about other people's problems. And stoicism helps me do that. So I remain unconditionally accepting of the um, other person, my fellow human, but I don't disturb myself over their inability to act upon the stoic wisdom that I suggest they follow or the rational wisdom, however you want to look at it. Um, and that enables me to be, I believe, maximally effective with people. And at the same time, very much enjoy my work with people, whether they're doing well with their addictive behavior or poorly. Um, I think the thing you need to do is really uh, somebody's got to be hopeful in the room and it's easy for me to be that way because I don't disturb myself and I've seen people change and I cry and poke them to do so. That's, I, want, I want to stick with you for just a minute because that's, I'm really fascinated by what you just said. One at the heart of my uh, still creative handbook is this idea that um, as a creative person, we are much better served to do work that's in alignment with our purpose as opposed to doing work that's in alignment with our passion. And that passion is often a, 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 a preferred and different result of meaningful work. Um, it's often can be a very bad reason to do, to do work because it's kind of a finite resource and the creative journey is long and arduous and our passion often will run out before we achieve any kind of success. Um, and what I'm hearing in your response is this, you know, that you have this strong sense of purpose um, about the work that you're doing and you have a clear vision of who, who it is that you seek to serve and what transformation you seek to bring about um, in, in their lives. And you mentioned that this is actually something that energizes you. Uh, and get you through long days of seeing client after client. Um, what are 
just if you don't mind just expanding on that a little bit and you know what what are your thoughts on what i just said i I mean are you doing the work that you feel that you are meant to do are you doing the work that you um you know was there a lot of thought into kind of defining your purpose on the planet and and make and designing a life and work around it no i i am doing the work that i truly believe i was meant to do i but i'm fortunate insofar as the work I mean to do, I believe I was meant to do, is highly pleasurable. So they're one and the same. I, I think it's hard to have pleasure without meaning. You can have you can have pleasure um, without meaning, but it's better to have you have better pleasure when you have meaning. I totally get that. That's I, I think that's a brilliant point. Thank you very much, um, JC. Would you mind sharing kind of a personal uh, anecdote or or um, observation about the convergence of stoicism in your journey oh yeah i actually discovered stoicism a few years ago while i was still in addiction i was watching a tv show and the protagonist was reading meditations and i quoted marcus aurelius a few times um actually after he uh captured some of his generals that had rebelled against him um said, waste no more time arguing what a good man should be, be one. So I thought the book was going to be about being a conqueror. So I <laughs> bought it. <laughs> I bought the book, started reading it, and not so much an external conqueror, but an inner conqueror. So I read the book, and it actually really gave me the courage to know that I could get through the withdrawal, stick with it. And um, yeah, that's basically it. I like what you said about... Uh, it really stoicism really gives you the chance to find purpose in what you do um every action that you do i mean that's how virtue is judged action by action so each action you do do it with purpose pretty much yeah well i mean telos is a central element of uh purpose is a central element of, of stoic philosophy um I, I, I'm struck by the way that Marcus Aurelius was kind of your introduction to Stoicism. <laughs> so I'm going to ask that of the other two guests. Um, I actually, my journey with Stoicism began when I was like in seventh or eighth grade. I took Latin from one of my, um, one of the most impactful teachers in, in my life um, in middle school. And so we were translating some quotes by Marcus Aurelius from Latin into English. And I was so struck by the language that I would actually ask Don for extra uh, assignments. And I, he then finally lent me his copy of meditations and then I would borrow it two or three times a year and read it. And then when I graduated, he gave me that copy because he, evidently felt since I had it most of the time anyways, I ought to just have it. And I, I probably read that at least annually for most of my, all of my college career and most of my young adult life, and then kind of became a lapsed uh, reader and reacquainted myself with meditations as I was approaching my 50th birthday. But it wasn't until I got the Gregory Hayes translation that I realized, oh, this is about stoicism. I think up until that point, I just, what resonated was that Marcus wrote down and spoke to himself 
in much the same way that I spoke to myself. And it, it's, that's, that, that was my connection. And, and the thinking about these big questions and the <laughs> constant um, attempts to, to become a better man and to do the right thing and to be, um, you know, more connected and, and thoughtful and empathetic and all, all the things that he writes about. So Jimmy, how about um, since JC is already, uh, I mean, the, this question can be, you know, who is your go-to stoic or who was the stoic that uh, stoic author that first, um, you know, got you thinking about stoic philosophy and incorporating it into your life? Um, it, it has to be Marcus again, actually. Um, he's the most accessible. He's the most um, the most instantly accessible, the most appealing. Um, it's, it's not like academic philosophy at all. The guy is telling you his, his thoughts, um, his emotions, and taking you 